Hello, guys. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Broly Talks Hockey Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ben Kitchings, and he is the host of the History Voyager Podcast. Uh, interesting story. We were actually going to set up an interview on this podcast. Never really it kind of fizzled out. Uh, we, we had a good chat there. So I just thought, hey, why don't we revisit this chat? I mean, he is, again, a History Voyager host. So you're probably thinking right now, Brody, why, why are you talking to somebody who's a History Voyager? And let me tell you, he is from Atlanta and he is a diehard Jets fan. And as you guys probably know, if you've been listening this long, you know that I am somewhat of a Jets fan. So it's nice to talk with a fellow Jets fan. So how are you doing today, Ben? Oh, I'm fine. How are you, Brody? I'm doing great. And I'm hoping we have a great chat here about the team that we both love. And maybe uh, I guess some of my rage about the team out today. Yeah, I, I've, you know, I've got some, I'm, yeah, no, I, I've had a realization in this last year, this last current season here, I've had a, a real, um, there's some odd, weird parallels between the last days of Atlanta and, and today, and what's going on this year. Um, but I thought I'd uh, just give you a little bit of a history of my, uh, my hockey history here. I um, started out, I was a goalie in a different kind of sport. And one day I was just bored and I was flipping channels and I saw, I was watching the Sabres play somebody else on ESPN. Um, and I just looked how uh, Hashik was just absolutely amazing, how he would contort his body and flop around like a rag doll. <laughs> I just thought, you know, I, I'd never seen a sport before. I was a big baseball fan and I still am, but I, I'd never seen the sport before where I knew what the goalie, what the player was going to do before they did it. And so I, I just fell in love with hockey and, you know, I, I'm a native Southerner. My, uh, my family lives in Atlanta all the way back on my mother's side, just about it even before there was an Atlanta to be from, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, um, when I was in high school, I'm a child of the nineties. And when I was in high school, I was reading the, the local paper, uh, the USA today, actually in 1994. And I saw that the, the Atlanta was going to get an expansion franchise. And from that moment forward, I was a fan of, this team that we root for. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, I call it a disease. I call it a disease. But no, I, I love the team. I do. I can because I love. I can because I love. Mm -hmm. um, but no, um, okay. So, okay. So I, I started watching the games in 99. I remember watching the very first game um, from the from student center of my little small college there. Um, that was, and I gave these kids watching it with me in education and hockey. But when my parents, my parents, um, they were not sports fans, and they already, um, you know, they were like, "Well, Ben monopolizes the TV during baseball season." You know, here's Ben. Oh God, he's found another sport he likes. Oh boy. <laughs> and um but yeah i think i told you before i've got a uh you know a closet full of jet stuff and i've even still got some thrasher stuff and playing it around and um but um let me tell you let me tell you a little bit about um the team in atlanta um first of all I've never encountered before a professional team that was that poorly run. And it, it wasn't the people like I, you hear that a lot in the Canadian media. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was the people, it was Atlanta's not a hockey city or whatever. And I'm not pretending that it, it's that, it, you know, Winnipeg is obviously a much more on the grassroots. Okay. For sure. But there were tons of hockey fans in Atlanta. The problem was that the ownership 
was just, I mean, awful. And, okay, the ownership did not run the AHL team. Okay? Mm -hmm. They they didn't. So that hurt the development right there. And imagine, okay, imagine, if you will, being a fan of a team – and on the opening day, say like November or October 3rd, on the opening day every year, you just knew that the, that the, the AHL team or the IHL team could beat the NHL team in a, in a game. Yeah. Like it was that bad. And there were, I mean, our goalie, I remember Milan Nalichka uh, came from some European league or somewhere. And mm-hmm. I remember they tried to, they tried to pan it off. Like uh, who's they, the Don Waddell, the general manager. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tried to, to convince people that in the media or through the media that Milan Nalichka was the best goalie, you know, not in the NHL. Well, that's what he said. Well, I mean, that's ridiculous. The, the Thrashers, the Thrashers never had good goaltending. The only goalie they ever had, the only goalie this franchise ever had that was any good was uh, the guy they got now, Hollabuck. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Pavlik was there, no? Or was he not going to land? Pa- uh, Pavlik was there. Okay. Now, we're skipping ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. But when the team moved to uh, from Atlanta to Winnipeg that summer, I don't remember the outlet. I don't remember the news outlet. If it was Canadian or or whatever it was, yeah, okay. But there was an outlet who had reported they had done some digging or whatever. And they had discovered that some of the contracts given to the Thrashers players were bizarre, just truly bizarre. Like, I remember specifically, like, in Pavlik's contract, he was supposed to be the starter. Yeah. It was in the contract that he was the starter. And which made, I mean, it made sense from the standpoint of why was it that – was it Hutchinson? I'm trying to remember the kid's name. Was it Kerry Lettinen, uh, maybe? No, he was he was after Pavs. Mm. I mean, before. My, my bad. He was before Pavs. Um, he was before Pavs. And that's a whole nother. I mean, <laughs> Pavs had, I mean, Lettinen. You kept hearing about Lettinen's potential. Um, but it got to the point where it was like he was inflicting you know, please go and inflict your potential on somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It felt like the other team had a sleeper agent with, with Carrie Lettinen in the net. It yeah. really did. I mean, it was, and I don't, I mean, as an adult, I don't know if it was the defensive scheme or if it was the goalie, but yeah. oh my God, it was so, he was terrible. <laughs> it was just, Carrie, you guys, in Winnipeg, you ought to build a statue to Kerry Lettman because that's why he's there. You, <laughs> you ought to build a statue to Don Waddell and Kerry Lettman. Yeah. That's interesting that you talk about Don Waddell, though, because now he's like, he, I'd say he's a pretty good manager now. He's kind of like, it's, where did this come from? In Carolina, he's done pretty good moves. Okay. Here's, okay, as a grown up, here's, what I really think was going on. Um, the people that ran the threat, the ownership group that had the Hawks, the, the Phillips arena and the thrashers honestly did not care about the thrashers. Mm-hmm. They truthfully did not care. They, they literally try, you know, they truthfully wanted the thrashers to leave the building because I, I think they thought that, you could make more money selling Justin mm-hmm. Bieber tickets or, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, 
But honestly, honestly, the arena was okay. This I can tell you. He, he's he's dead and gone now. I, I can tell you this. Um, I knew a man in my other well when I was younger. I knew a man who was the personal IT guy for Ted Turner. And the, the original owner of the, the Thrashers and the, you know, the Hawks and that mm-hmm. thing. And he said that the, he said that the Hawks, that the Thrashers were going to build an arena north of town. Mm. Now, anybody with a, anybody with a brain on their head that knew anything about the city and, and I've studied my hometown for over 20 years at this point. Anybody with a brain in their head would tell you that the, 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 you know, the hockey fans would be in the north part of the city or northern suburbs of the, of the city. So, mm-hmm. of course, it made total sense to put a, to put a building there. But Ted, Ted Turner didn't want to do that. He wanted to be able to walk from CNN Center into his arena. That's what he wanted to do. So they put the arena in downtown. Now, I think that was a bad decision. I think that's why the Jets are in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they they didn't put. I think if the Jets, I mean, I think if the Thrashers had been in the in the northern suburbs of Atlanta, I really honestly do think they'd still be here. They'd be one of the, the best supported teams in the NHL because you you look at the soccer team we have. It's got 40,000 people a day. Yeah. 40, you know, for soccer. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. North saying? America. Like, people don't watch soccer as much in North America as in Europe. Well, not in this town. I mean, this town, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. But um, so that's essentially... I think essentially the ownership group didn't care. I think I I don't know if Don Waddell had to learn on the job or what. I know that some of the draft picks that he did. Well, if they are brutal looking back, if you were were really bad, some of the draft picks he had were really really bad. You look at Patrick Stefan. You're talking about. even oh, like God. Zach Bogosian, the the next pick after Bogosian, I think, was Petrangelo. Who was the kid? Fer- I can't remember. There was, and that's the uh, yeah, and that's the other thing that the that the Thrashers didn't do is they didn't develop. Yeah, they expected OJT, and mm-hmm. you think about. I mean, you can complain all you want about how the Jets salt players away in the minors, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we, you know, I personally believe the two best defensemen on the Jets in the Jets roster were actually playing in (laughs) the AHL this season. Mm. But, (laughs) you know, um, they didn't, and that was bad that they just didn't put, people in the minors and the one person they I guess like the one player that they would salt away would be Heathley in, in all that time and also I remember there was a there was a weird stat where they didn't have any mid-round picks like they had one mid-round pick that hit yeah but or one or two or whatever Mike Weaver I think was his name you know, hmm. no, I'm not throwing Mike Weaver under the bus, but he's not a Hall of Fame player. No. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Lord knows he's played more NHL games than I have. I'm not knocking the guy. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but, um, hmm. but Kovalchuk, man, you got no, for real, you guys ought to build a, you guys need to build a statue to Kovalchuk. I mean, it, it'll never happen, but yeah, it, oh, was it like uh, I think we talked about this a couple months ago, like where he just said he did not want to sign here. Oh, let me tell you the story. Oh, that's that's how I learned. Oh, that's how I learned. Uh, 
he set out in the he told the paper he said i don't want to live in winnipeg oh yeah that's what it was that he said i don't want to live in winnipeg and that's how i learned and let me give you a sense of scale um atlanta atlanta and vicinity has about seven and a half million people yeah okay uh i think winnipeg has maybe a million yeah that's about right so that's the sense of scale that we're talking about <laughs> but you know um god i and I, i'll never forget i literally will never forget um logging on to the the free press the uh, the Winnipeg free press for the first time and reading about the the thrashers moving mm -hmm. and i had decided i mean i had decided right then and there i was going to i was going to stay with the team and yeah whatever but it was so strange i, I went to a game like the last game, well, the second to last game I ever attended, the last game I attended in Atlanta was against uh, Vancouver. Oh, okay. With a, with a friend of mine. And uh, I, I watched that game and I was like, you don't see any improvement. You, know, you, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't see any improvement. I've been a fan of this team for 10 years. And you don't see any improvement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and literally a couple of, like a month or two later, they were they were gone. But um, and the funniest thing, so my sister is is a big hockey fan. Okay. And, and that's because we went to a game together, and she she got hooked on it. And uh, before the pandemic, we actually went to to see Nashville, and that was fun. That okay. was a lot of. Yeah, that was a whole lot of fun, and uh, of course, I wore my Thrashers gear, and and the people, you know, they gave me high fives, and you know, <laughs> way to go. And they, and somebody asked me, um, "Well, why don't you switch to the Predators?" And you know, and yeah, I, I said, "I can't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I'm sorry." Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. So, did you want to talk about this year? Yeah. Okay. I have a, I have a couple of questions here. First, I want to talk about before I get into your thoughts this season. I want to tell a quick story about my kind of go with this season. So, as most people who listen know, I have been a huge Jets fan all my life, and the way I kind of got into hockey, like the first ever hockey game I remember watching was I didn't know the date at the time. But I looked it up, and it, I remember it was Pittsburgh versus uh, Philly in the playoffs. It was, like, round two, I think. And I'm pretty sure it was 2010. Uh, it was the first hockey game I ever remember watching in my grandparents' house. That's kind of when I started to fall in love with hockey. And then, obviously, the Jets came back, I think, that year or the year after. So I became a fan of them. And then this season was the first season where I almost quit watching. I stopped watching games. I almost threw everything away. <laughs> I was getting so angry. It wasn't even in the playoffs, which is the interesting part. It was right at the deadline. The Jets make the moves. I'm watching the deadline. I'm like, okay, yes, the Jets have to move. They have to go for Manson or Alexiak, or they bring back Kulikov. I'm thinking they got to bring in a top four defenseman before the playoffs if they want to be competitive. And they bring in Jordy Ben. I'm like, okay, all right, well, maybe he can be a good third pair guy. And then Maurice... I start looking back and I'm watching these games uh, uh, down, down, down my notes and everything. I started taking notes. I did some stat tracking and, and stuff like that. And the amount of ice time that Ehlers is getting, he's obviously the best player on the team. I don't think many people will say otherwise. He's getting 16 minutes a night. I'm getting so irritated at Maurice to the point that I stopped watching games. And as you can see, my wild hat, I stopped. I started watching every wild game. I loved the wild. I watched them all playoffs and the jets, the Jets, I did come back to the Jets for the playoffs. Right before the playoffs, I'm like, okay, Maurice is gonna he's gonna he's gonna kick himself back into check. He's gonna finally start playing uh, Ehlers. Ehlers gets injured. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're done. They come to Edmonton, they win game one and two. I'm like, oh, this is never gonna happen again. We're never gonna 
actually make it out of the first round for three or four years. They end up that game three. That was probably <laughs> my favorite hockey memory of all time. It has to be now. They're down 4-1. I'm on the brink of shutting off my TV. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. I work tomorrow morning. Why am I watching this? It's just going to be disappointing. They're going to lose like 6-1. It's already 4-1. They score to make it 4-2. Two minutes later, it's 4-3. Like, with a couple minutes left, they make it 4-4, and they go to overtime. And, of course, it has to be Nikolai Ehlers to get the game winner. And, oh, that's kind of – I'm back on the I love the Jets train and hoping Maurice gets fired. But I was hoping Vincent would be the head coach, but that's not happening now. Well, um, okay. Oh, that was a rant. No, this – okay. This is the year that I that some things crystallize for me for this team. Okay, um, whatever is going, whatever is going on, and I I don't know what's happening, but whatever mm-hmm. is going on, uh, it is a plan. Okay, this this is a plan. You you have okay, you have a general manager who is a very very good general manager who has selected a very good what I'll call modern team, okay, that can play the modern game very well. And then you have a head coach that still thinks it's 1999. Hmm. Yeah. And he's playing he's playing like it's 1999 with a modern day team. And if yeah. you look, if you look at the games, they play better when they're behind. And they play better when they're behind for a reason. And the reason is that the saying is fire wagon hockey, you know? Yeah. And to me, okay. When the, when the team, there was a fight, I don't remember the fight, but mm-hmm. there was a, a fight on the ice and the team like got behind, you know, that's yay. You know that. And, and it was like when they traded, um, and I know we disagree about this, but when they traded line it. Yeah. Okay. That to me was okay. Line A, to use a baseball analogy, Line A is, is a designated hitter. You know, Line A is your DH. Okay. Yeah. You don't ask your DH to play center field. Yeah. Okay. He's your DH for a reason. All right. It's like Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk was the DH. Okay. <laughs> nobody, nobody expected Kovalchuk to, to play defense. Yeah. Kovalchuk didn't even get a. It was hilarious. Kovalchuk, I don't know what his assist totals are right now, but I guarantee you half those assists didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, half those assists didn't happen. I mean, you know, he was in the vicinity of a puck that went past or something, and they think, oh, okay, he touched it. Yeah. No, no, sorry. Uh-uh. <laughs> but, no, this is a plan. And I don't know what the plan is, but it's a, all I, all I ask is that when the, in, in America, there's a, there's an ESPN does a documentary series called 30 for 30 and all about, about sports happenings in sports. And all I ask is that when the 30 for 30 movie about the jets comes out, that I'm able to say that I'm able to see it. Because I would love to see it. Yeah. Because this is this is so obvious. I mean, you can go all the, now that I think about it, you can go all the way back to Bufflin. Why did Bufflin? Why was he treated this badly by the team? What, yeah. Right. He was obviously, obviously injured. He was running around on one leg for the better part of an entire season. Why in the world would they do that to somebody like him or to anybody, let alone, you know, let alone somebody who by rights ought to be in the hockey hall of fame at some, on on some day, you know, why would you do that? (laughs) What is the plan? Mm -hmm. I would love to know. I mean, you know, it's almost like they've constructed this team to be mid to be, to be in the middle of the standings yeah. on purpose. And it's a stupid plan. It's a stupid plan for a couple of reasons. 
one, it's a stupid plan because okay, yeah, Winnipeg loves hockey. Okay, I've seen the I've seen the city on television. I get it. They love hockey. Oh yeah. But how but how many people I mean, if you only have what a million people, how many people could afford to go to that game? They're right expensive in, tickets. Right. They're expensive tickets. This is a knowledgeable market. I know it's knowledgeable because I'm online with these people. Yeah. You know, they're very knowledgeable people. They know what's what. I'm telling you, this is the stupidest plan I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. I don't know in what's fact, going on. In fact, it's so stupid that for the longest time, I didn't think it was a plan. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. You know? I still I don't, know don't they... get it. Like with Shovel Day off, I I don't I genuinely think that he's just not a GM and he does not a good GM and he just doesn't know what he's doing. Some of the moves no. he makes are so questionable that I'm wondering why is this guy still have a job? Or well, who, not... who's telling him which moves to make? Like is Mark Chipman behind the scenes saying you got to do this, you got to do that, or See, that's is he what I making think. these? That's what like, I think. he's making these. These are pretty bad. That's what I think Mark Chipman's doing it. And I also think, or Mark, Mark Chipman, or the, um, oh, they, uh, Tom, Thompson, or Th- Thompson. It's either Chipman or Thompson. Okay. But the thing I, I want to know is the relationship that the brass seems to have with a glorified, with a certain glorified third line leader. Okay. Because on every other team in the NHL, he would be a third line winger and here they are parading him out like he's a first liner and I'm sorry, but he's not. Who's this? Sorry. Uh, Wheeler. Oh yeah. Wheeler's so bad. It's horrible. Yeah. And why does the team keep parading him out? Like he's a first line winger and okay. He I, was I, in I 17, diff- 18. That's was his best year that I've seen him play. Yeah. But that was what year that was, and that that's was three four, years ago. That's almost four years ago now. Yeah, that was a long time. That was, you know, that was a while ago. I, and here's my question. Okay, here's a here's a question I have as an adult. Um, and this is from my background as an investigator. You know, I'm, here's my mm-hmm. question I have: What is the tax law in Canada? I'm wondering if they're using somebody is using this team as a tax write-off mm. because obvious it's obvious to me that this is a now that I see it now that I make myself believe it this is a plan yeah, you don't trade you don't trade away Patrick Lyon A and and first of all okay let's be adults about First of all, you don't have a coach that probably could, honestly, if he had a different GM, he probably could have a team that he could win with. But he can't yeah. win with this team because this team is too, you know, it's too fast. This is this team is too fast for for the style that that Paul Maurice knows how to coach. Yeah. For for one. For two, if you take Hollabuck out of this team, this team gets really bad very fast. Yeah. (laughs) You know, this team gets, I mean, to, to make a, to make an analogy, um, you know, try to imagine, try to imagine um, a band that has a really, really good guitarist or one really, really good musician and everybody else is kind of not great. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean... But here, here's the thing. If you look at this roster, you have on your defense core, Josh Morrissey, probably one of the most overrated defensemen in the league. He's a second, third-pair guy. He's not very good right now. He was good with Truba. He hasn't been good since. Neil was Pionk. he good with Truba? Well, I have a question. Was he good with Truba or was Truba good? 
Well, because Morrissey, here's the thing, Morrissey. <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, Truba yeah. was good. Truba was good offensively, and Morrissey had the right rules to cover defensively for when Truba, like Truba often would get caught up in rushes. So Morrissey would have the role of staying back. He can't do this on this team because he's the guy who has to create offense all of a sudden. He needs yeah. someone to create offense for him. He needs a Dougie Hamilton to play with. He needs, heck, even he needs uh, Truba. He needs Truba back. Yeah. I, I hate Truba. I have a funny story about Truba. I absolutely hate Truba, but I do think he would be good back here. Well, and, I get it. I mean, Truba, Truba's, I guess, wife or whatever wanted to go be a doctor in New York. I, I get it. I mean, you know, as an adult, I totally get it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't fault him for a second for wanting to support his wife and her go, her life goals. That's, that's, honestly admirable to me yeah it is it is for sure but that's that's not why i don't like him i don't like him because i met him once and he he seemed pretty douchey to me that's why i don't like him (laughs) maybe he had a bad day (laughs) he must have i hope he did because that's that's the only good reasoning for that but carrying on with this roster one thing i was going to say before uh, you were talking about this team's too fast the question i have is when you have a team as skilled as guys like kyle connor and mark shifley why are you dumping the puck in on every single play? These aren't the players exactly. you're going to dump and chase with. These are the players who want to carry in the puck and score. You don't want them to dump in the puck and chase it. That's what you do with, like, your cop well, Lowry line. And let's get meta about this a minute, okay? Let's get meta about this for just a second, right? Yeah. You're a podcaster. Mm-hmm. You're a podcaster. I'm a guy in the South, I, you know. None of my friends ever played hockey on, on ice. Right? Yeah. The only hockey I've ever seen, I either saw it in a in a rink as a fan or on television or playing on a computer game. Mm-hmm. If we can see this, and it's not our job to see it. Yeah. Right? Right? Exactly. Why aren't they seeing Yeah. That's my problem right. with the team. Exactly. This is what they're trained, you know, and, and don't give me the whole, you know, there's a huge part of me that says, don't give me the whole, you know, this is how Paul Maurice knows how to coach. Right. Paul Maurice's job is to coach people to play a game. Let's be honest. His job is to coach highly compensated adult men to play a game. And he think, and we think, or we say, he only knows how to do that one way. Okay. okay. I don't. Yeah. No. I have a good analogy for this. So, Sheveldayoff should tell Maurice how he wants him to coach. This is like if you tell your teacher, you're a math teacher, but he starts teaching science to everybody, hoping that they can do something properly. This is what the analogy is for me, because if you're coaching a team like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you're playing – in the 90s like Maurice it's not the 90s anymore we actually have to coach where you want the team to carry the puck in we don't dump and hit anymore that's the old game Maurice I think Maurice is too old to be coaching or he just needs to get with the times here he needs a little shake up this offseason well is it here's my question right yeah going back to the thing about Don Waddell right was Don Modell a bad general manager or was he being told what to do? I'd say a little bit of right. both, but he kind of so, fixed himself. So, so is Marie. Okay. So wait, is Maurice a bad coach or is he being told how to coach? If he's being told how to coach, I, whoever's telling him how to coach should be fired. Honestly, public shaming at Winnipeg. That's what they should get. Well, I mean, you live there. I don't. Yeah. How long? How long is the town gonna put up with? Because I'll tell you something about Atlanta. There was a moment. I don't remember exactly when, but there was a gradual process of about maybe a year or two over the course of maybe two seasons, where the fan base realized this team was always gonna be terrible. Yeah. Right. This was just always gonna be. And okay, it's a it's a question of grade. It's a question of, of, you know, 
the Jets aren't terrible, right? They're not no. terrible. They're, they're not a terrible they're team. Gonna, they're going to make the playoffs, right? They're, yeah. So is Winnipeg the kind of fan base that's always going to be happy with a, with a six-place team? I don't you know, think they have much. I think that they, they're, they're, they're. I can't think of a good analogy, but I think that they're they'll be able to hold on for a couple of years, but they'll want something bigger yet. Like they'll want a Stanley Cup appearance within the next three seasons, which is very unlikely unless uh, Billy Hanola or Samberg just break into the league and tear it up. Well, is you got Hanola, but you also got. I mean, I've seen those AHL games, some of them. Yeah, I've watched a lot of them too. They they're good players. Hanola is a beast, and oh, Perfetti yeah, is going to be good. Now oh, yeah. I get, you know, we we can argue and talk about how they put people in the minors too long, but I get it with Perfetti. I do. You want to put him in the sense. minors, yeah. You want to put him in the minors until he's good and ready. But here's here's my question: Next season, uh, there won't be the Perfetti of the AHL. So the question is: Do you want to send? Is Perfetti ready to play in the NHL? Because the Jets will need a second-line winger unless they want to play Dubois on the wing again. Because Stastny, I'm sorry, he's inevitably leaving, and Dubois will be there. So you do want to do you want to put Perfetti on that second line? Is he ready to play there? Or are you going to send him back to the OHL? It's I think it's very unlikely that he goes back to the OHL. So I'm not sure what the team's going to do with that situation. Do I want to play Perfetti on? I don't want to play him well. I haven't seen enough of Perfetti to know if he's physical. He's not physical, no. He's a very he's um, a smaller guy. He, okay. I don't think he would fit well. Like, is he like, good enough? Yeah. Well, as long as we, as long as you have to have the, as long as you have to have, uh, Wheeler, on the top line. That to me, that okay. This is a note to the future documentarian that's going to make this documentary that I want to see. I want you to find out why Blake Wheeler has to be on the top line. That's a there, good question. You know, what is the deal? Is it in Cause like, did I, did I talk to you or did we, re, did we not record this? That there was a, uh, it had come out between, you know, first season in Winnipeg, last season in Atlanta. It had come out over the summer some Canadian outlet had done some digging in the Thrasher's contracts and found out that some of these contracts were totally bizarre. And one of them was like Pavlik was guaranteed to be the top, the number one goaltender on the team. Yeah. It was like written in his contract. He was guaranteed to be the number one goaltender. And yeah. I'm wondering if there's something in, in Wheeler's contract. You would think there has to be. mandates that he's on the top line. Has to be. There must. Well, he, okay. It either has to be or there's something going on, right? Wheeler's playing. It either has to be. Oh, yeah. It either has to be or – and I even want – I mean, I've actually had the thought. Like, I've even wondered, has anybody checked – because I, I don't think you can have ownership stakes if you're a, if you're a player, right? Yeah. I don't think a player can have an ownership stake, but – has anybody checked? Isn't that insider trading? I, I don't think you can do that, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you could do it or not. I mean, I know it's against league rules, but it's yeah. not against the law. It's yeah. against league rules, but it's not against the law. And I'm wondering if anybody's bothered to check. Mm-hmm. Because why else is he even – he's not even an NHL player. I mean, he's not an NHL caliber player. He's only a good and passer. He's got, what, player. three or four – You've got what a couple, a few more years of this guy. I mean, eventually they're going to be paying him to sit at home. Yep. Eventually they're going to be paying him to sit at home. And I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird because like Ewers should be your first line right wing. There's no question of that. And Line A should have been like if 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 there is something fishy going on, I think we. Why did you move Line A? When he all he wanted was to be the first on right winger. Well, I do. I don't think that you should be able to force your team to be your first line. Like you don't. You shouldn't have the say to say, "Oh, I want to be the first line winger here," or 
I guess like if you have leverage, you can say that like at UFA notification negotiations, not notifications that you can say, I want Wheeler out. Uh, I know there was something fishy going on with Wheeler, Shifley and Lyonnais, like they were uh, combating personalities in the room or something. Well, there was something going on fishy with Bufflin because why would you treat him like that? Yeah. I do. Why would you? Yeah. Why, why would you treat him like that? I don't know. There's so many weird questions that we'll probably just never actually get the answer to. Well, that's why I'm saying, like, when everybody's not, no longer in the M4, when all these people aren't working for True North anymore, I would love for somebody to make a documentary about it because I, I guarantee you it would be fascinating. All this, all this talk about documentaries made me remember that I'm watching a documentary tonight, and I'm, I've, I've not watched a documentary in so long. But I'm excited now. You keep saying documentary, and now I'm, I'm just getting hyped for this documentary I'm watching. What are you watching tonight? I'm watching uh, Clarice Thomas's documentary. It's like called Created Equal, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, it should be good. Cool. All right, keeping going. I got uh, like a, one more question. I know we've had a great chat. It's been nice and long. Like I'm surprised that we've kept this going here. We're almost passing 40 minutes here. Uh, I had a couple, one more writing down, and Going into the off season, I want to know who do you think, who do you want out of Winnipeg, and who do you think is um, likely to be out of Winnipeg? Uh, who do I think? Who do I want out? Uh, the coach. Yep, I agree with that. I want a, I want a new coach. Um, if if you could have your dream coach, who would you have coaching this team? I know it's a tough question on the spot here, but. Somebody that I don't know style, but yeah, uh, somebody who can speak either Swedish or Finnish or Russian, <laughs> um, for real, right? Because all the fat, all the you know, the fast guys seem to be they're either Swedish, Finnish, or Russian. Yep. Right. So or some so European, one the, yeah. One of those. Um, Okay, what else? What do I want? I want uh, I want a new coach. Yep. I want because the part we haven't even covered yet, the part that I don't understand is the Thrashers. When the Thrashers were here, the, the there was no salary cap, so there was no salary floor, right? So the Thrashers paid by far the lowest, had by far the lowest payroll by far. Yeah. It was by far the lowest payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the part that I don't get is why are you, if you're doing this on purpose, why do you pay the player? Why do you have the salary that you have? That's, I mean, that's the thing that sets this whole, like, why are this is a planned thing aside for me? Like you're giving Wheeler 8.25 mil. Maybe that's part of it too. Yeah, I mean, it could be, could be, but even then, like, there has to be somebody in Triple. I mean, in the AHL, that's better than Wheeler. There has to be. I mean, think yeah. think about how ridiculous that is. You have like twenty nine. You have thirty teams in the AHL or whatever. I think one of the teams is shared by a couple of teams, but whatever. There's whatever. How many teams in the AHL? Are you really trying to tell me you can't find a serviceable uh, second line winger in the in anywhere in the AHL? Are you are you actually telling me that? I, I don't I don't think you could find. You couldn't. I don't think you couldn't. Like I'd, I'd say Cole Perfetti already is better than Wheeler. Uh, you look at other players in the AHL. Uh, Trevor Zegers is a hundred percent better than Blake Wheeler. Why is this guy I mean, still all- in? All you got to do from a, if you're really trying, all you've got to do, maybe there's some rule about how you can't ship out all the salary. I, I don't know. Okay. Who do I want? I want, I want the coach gone short of that, which I know that's not going to happen. You, you've got to end the Morrissey experiment. Yeah. You've got to end the Morrissey experiment. You've got to. You've got to allow, in terms of who, 
who do I want in? You've got to allow Mark Shifley to truly be a second line center. Okay, I think he's very good. I don't think he's. But I don't think he's a first line center. I agree with that. Wow, I've never heard anybody in the as a Jets fan say that, and I'm actually very happy that you said that. Well, see, I'm. First of all, I mean, I've been a fan of this team since you know years and years. And but I'm all but I've decided, you know, I decided years and years ago to be honest about the talent on this team. Yep. You know, I decided while the team was in Atlanta to be honest about the talent on this team. Yep. <laughs> and the fact is that Shifley is good. He, you know, he's an all star or should be a perennial all star, but he's also a second line center. Yeah. He's a very good second line center. But he's a second-line center, and let's be honest about that. So with that, um, you think that – okay, because guys like Shifley and Morrissey, GMs – I think we can agree that GMs, on a general note, are pretty dumb at times. Well, I think Dubois, I think Dubois was supposed to be the first-line center. Yeah. And I think it didn't work out. Yeah, I, I think he still could be. I mean, I'm, I I'm a Dubois lover. You can, you can see I, I love Dubois. I think he can do it. I trust him. I think I think we got to give him a year, and then a year prove it deal, and then maybe his stock falls, and it's like shit. We gave away Line, or maybe it's like holy, this guy really is a number one center. He just needed to adjust. Like if you get rid of Maurice, I think I think Maurice's system could be holding him down because if you look, Tortorella and Marie Tortorella and Maurice are similar coaches. Like they play pretty similar styles. The reason that that uh, um, Dubois wanted to leave is because he didn't like. Tortorella's style and Tortorella was crapping up his style. So if you get a new coach in there who will actually utilize talent that he has, I think Dubois could be that number one center perennial all-star that everybody thought he would be. True NHL superstar. I, I think if Dubois had faster wingers. Well, he's playing with Ehlers and Connor. I you mean, know, how much faster Dubois, can he get? Oh, that's true. Yeah, but okay. He, and this is going to sound circular, but Ehlers and Connor are the only Ehlers and Connor on their team. Right? You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're the only fa- they're the only fast wingers on their team. Yeah. We need goal spaghetti had... to get up in here. Yeah. But uh, did you want to talk about Seattle and, or not? Yeah, I know. Like, uh, Yeah, let's talk about Seattle a little bit. Like, Last question before I let you go, because I know we've been going for a while here, and uh, um, yeah, I think it's gone pretty well. So, last question. Holy crap, that scared me. Who do you think Seattle's going to take, and who do you want Seattle to take as a twist? And then I'll get my answer, and then we'll call it a night. Well, first of all, let me just say that I can see with Vegas that the, that the league itself learned the lesson from Atlanta, which is you can't have an expansion team in a major city that plays terrible. Yep. Okay. Well, these expansion teams have to hit the ground run. Yep. So I hope for the fans of the Seattle Kraken, which have a great logo and a great shirt and a great building to play in from all the looks. Um, I hope that uh, they, I hope they meet the jets in the playoffs next year. And I hope the jets cream them. Yeah. But, <laughs> Obviously, mm-hmm. but I hope they make the playoffs next year for for the fans of Seattle, for the sake of the fans, yeah. because I truly believe that this sport is the best sport you can play uh, from, you know, standing up. And I truly believe that. Yeah. And I believe that, you know, I honestly believe you can I look at me. I'm a native Southerner, right? My mother's people were in Atlanta back in 1810 before there was in Atlanta to be from. This sport can translate to anybody willing to give it the time of day. That's the truth. Okay. So, but with that, you've got to have Seattle do good. I hope Atlanta, I hope Seattle takes um, I would love to see them take um, impact players. Um, you know, 
please don't take a goalie in the draft or have that goalie be your starting goalie. Yeah. Like, uh, like, are you talking about this draft, like NHL draft? Oh, no, the, the expansion draft. Oh, okay, okay. Please don't take a please don't take a goalie in the expansion draft and have that goalie be your starting goalie. Um, please don't do that. That's not a good idea. Yeah. Um, well, if you look at the goalies that they'll have, like they're not going to get a, a flurry this year. Like, there's no flurry available for them for Seattle. Let me do a thought experiment. All right. What if you put Hollabuck on the crack? Uh, they would be cup champion. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, what if – because Hollabuck has proven to me that you can put Hollabuck on any team. Yeah. And he makes that team better. He, he does. He makes that team yep. a better team. So, now I know that's not going to happen. Um, but I, I do hope they take some offense. I hope there's some kid somewhere, uh, clinking around the AHL that had not shot. Yeah. Like yeah. prime example, I think is William Carlson. I think, I think they're going to get another like guy like that, but I just don't want him to take Appleton. That's my thing. Like I love Mason Appleton. I really hope they, that he doesn't leave Winnipeg. Yeah. I hope so. I hope. But there's only one puck, so there's yeah. only one puck, and yeah. <laughs> well, what do you? Who do you think they should take? I think that for protection wise, I think we should leave Wheeler exposed and then protect Appleton, because I know Seattle won't. Seattle's not dumb enough to take Blake Wheeler. I think we should also expose Morrissey. I don't think they're dumb enough to take Morrissey either, and then we can protect Appleton. And Stanley, because I don't really, I really don't want to lose Stanley either. I really do like Stanley. And then I think that they end up taking a, maybe they take Persuade. We can easily put Berdin in there. Uh, maybe they end up taking, uh, oh, what's his name now? I think maybe Perot, but he's a UFA. Um, I don't think they can take UFAs. They can take 10 UFAs. You have to have 20, 20 players under contract for next season. Like, they can take... Up to 10 UFAs. That's the most they can take. So I, I don't think Perot will be the one UFA that they plan on taking. If they're going to take a UFA, I think they're going to go on a team where there's no other option. They're like, okay, we'll take this UFA. Maybe he signs here. Well, Seattle's a, uh, you know, it's a good city. It's an expensive city, but they're making hockey player money. So, you know. Yeah, they don't have to worry about the money and the money that it costs in Seattle for them. Right. All right. All right. I think this is a great place to end it unless you have anything else to say. And I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Well, other than the fact that you can come hear me on the History Voyager, um, I'm in the top 10% of podcasts in the world. I have, I think, the number 15 podcast on the Spanish flu and COVID 19 in any language on earth. I'm happy to have you as a listener, and I'm more than happy to come on your show, bro. It's a good show. Thanks again. And and everybody listening, the link will be in the show notes for everybody to click on, and uh, that'll send you right to his Apple podcast profile or Spotify. It'll probably put both in there just so you guys can listen. I highly recommend you go listen. I know I, I listened to – I forget which one I listened to, but it was, it was it was really good, and he does a great show. I've talked with him before. Uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your night, Ben. Thank you, sir. All right. <laughs> Are we um, 